Hello, and welcome back to 30 Minutes of My Mind. Now, today might be a little bit shorter than normal, depending on traffic, since I need to stop for gas at some point, which it'll be closer to the end, but this episode might not be a full 30 minutes. Um, That being said, today's topic I want to go over is the idea of taking the lead, or just the general idea of leadership and how I see leadership versus how I've seen it told to me and examples I've seen in my life of different types of leadership. Now, growing up, um, my parents were always in the school system. My dad was my principal and superintendent all the way from kindergarten through eighth grade. And then when I graduated there, my mother was... Um, one of my teachers in high school. So I never really got the chance to escape my family at school. It was always kind of with me every step of the way. The benefit of that, because some might say, well, you can't get away with anything, which I really couldn't. I had myself under a microscope at all times. But one thing I learned through that is I got really close to a lot of leadership and authority positions in my life. So teachers and different examples like that, where a lot of people, they're slightly disconnected from those authority figures. They're just there. It's a background part of your life that you just have to pass through. But for me growing up, I had to live that environment. I was constantly living with all of those people that had more knowledge than me and were trying to teach me and nurture me, which is a great background to have. And it definitely applies these days when I see people in a leadership position or an authority position, I feel a lot more comfortable around them than the average person. Sometimes I can be too comfortable around someone in a position of authority over me and I need to take a step back and they'll have to tell me because I'm not formal enough. I'm too informal. Um, But one thing with leadership that I've learned through this is the idea that leadership is not a specific trait or style. There's no one way to lead. There's multitudes. There's probably too many to count. Everyone has their own way. It's the same with teaching. Um, which I think teaching and leading are very similar in concept. Um, But to me, leadership can take on many forms. You have leaders that follow that servitude leadership where it's they lead by setting an example of helping others. Their whole form of leadership is finding ways to bring others up, to increase their abilities so that it better helps them, but the team as a whole. Because if you're constantly helping others and bringing them up, hopefully they'll learn to help others on their own. Another example is the authoritarian. So someone who knows they're in a position of power, they're comfortable in that position of power, and they express that. They know that you're going to follow what they say because what they say is law. That is leadership. Whether it's good or bad isn't the point of this podcast, this episode. I'm not trying to count, call any leadership example good and or bad. It's more just ways that people lead 
and finding out maybe where you belong in that that area. Uh, along with the authoritarian, I'd say authoritarian is more of this is my power, I'm going to use it, while dictatorship is you have no power, so you listen to me. That's what I think the difference between an authoritarian leader who takes that authority, that power, and flexes it versus a dictator who diminishes the others so that they are, yes, in a position of power and they know it, but they also have that part of superiority. So instead of brute forcing their leadership, it's coercing, it's um, sort of keeping the others in their place so that they don't challenge the authority versus I'm stronger than you, so listen. Because often that dictatorship they don't have nearly as much power. Like an authoritarian, like I said, brute force versus dictatorship is methodical almost. Um, Then there's leading by example. Similar to servant leadership, servant leadership is more of the assisting others where leading by example is whatever you want accomplished, you begin with. You are the one who starts that chain reaction. You are literally leading the charge for whatever you are trying to accomplish and hoping that others follow in those footsteps. Those are just a few instances real quick of different types of leaders that I am familiar with, I've known. Um, And those are probably some of the more common ones. Now there are more, there are niches, there are mixes, you know, those big Venn diagrams where you can have more than two circles connecting. You can have as many as you need, and they all kind of intersect in other ways. And the center of that dartboard that I would call it, that this creates, is that idea of leader, that title, almost, of leader, leadership. Um, but it's more on the idea of what is a leader is what I want to get into today. And I believe someone who leads is someone who has a objective, a plan, a desire that they want achieved, but in order to achieve that, they need to enlist the help of others. They cannot do it alone. Because that's one thing, no matter how much power a leader says they have, without the people to follow, they have none of it. They could say they have a lot, but they really don't. Because in order to lead, you need something to follow. Um... And that's an important distinction I want to make because as someone who aspires to be a leader, if I'm not doing the right thing and no one's going to follow in those footsteps for either wanting to be behind me, believing in that same mission, that goal, or even fear at some point. People lead by fear or through fear. There's plenty of that in the world today. And no matter how bad some of those things are, it's still leadership in a way. And the idea that people are willing to follow it means that there's at least some worldview that agrees slightly with that leadership mentality. And like I said, there have been some horrible leaders in this world that have done atrocious things. I don't want to say horrible leaders because they had people following them. Whether or not their cause, their mission was a good one, whether or not it it could be justified as righteous, um, they still had people 
that we're willing to follow, which makes them a leader. Because I believe that the word leader has a very strong positive stigma to it. Um, Where when you hear, oh yeah, that guy's a leader, you think he's, or that woman is a leader. Sorry for not including that for anyone who was worried about that, but that person is a leader. They're out in front. They've got people following them. People hear that and they think, wow, he or she is a good person. They're a cool person. People are willing to follow their beliefs. They must have something going on. That's right. And then you take a step back objectively and you say, well, what are they leading people to do? And if it's not something good, if it's something horrible, atrocious, then you look back and you're like, well, we need to stop this person. But they're a leader. On the flip side, some people in leadership positions are fantastic. They're fabulous. But over time, if their mission becomes stale to their followers, it doesn't matter how righteous that their mission is, their goal, how good it is. Eventually, if the fad dies, then they're not a good leader, no matter how good their cause is. Because if they can't keep a following, they're not a good leader. If they can't have momentum going towards whatever they want to accomplish, they're just not a good leader. They could be the most altruistic, idealistic person in the world. But unfortunately, leadership is not a quality they have. And that's the idea of not every leadership ideal or position is a coin flip, good or bad. There are some in the middle. Some a leader might not even have a specific good or bad reason to lead. They might just be leading it because they need to give direction. Their whole mission could be just to give direction to a group of people. Like at work, if you're put in a management position but you're a poor leader, everyone's going to be running around, no productivity, doing their own thing. But no matter if your company's doing good or bad, people like to hate on Nestle as a company because they've done some horrible things. A lot of people like to boycott their products even though they're everywhere. And that's because the company itself has done so many horrible human rights violations, but they still have people willing to work there. If nothing else, they give them a direction, a job, a income that they need to survive. But that in itself allows them to keep their power, their leadership over the food market. The reason large companies can exist like that and get away with such horrible things is because they have a following of some sort. There's enough of a base that they are able to continue that leading of the market. Now, does leadership change overnight? Yes and no. Coups are a thing. But there's also very slow burning changes. Um, If you think... In the grand scheme of things, the history of the United States, how many changes have been made in leadership styles and human rights and all these different things over the last even 50 years, you have to think. Not that long ago, there were some pretty terrible things. There still are some terrible things going on in not just the United States, but other countries. But slowly, and with the help of social media, it's sped up a little bit, but... 
there are positions for people to take stands and start making some of the changes that are needed. And it takes leadership to do that. Um, Whether or not it's quick or slow, it could be another couple decades before we see the ideals that we have today for the future. But eventually we might get there. As long as that fad, that leadership, and I don't like using the word fad, but sometimes it is, especially in the world of um, social media, a lot of things are fads. They are trends. And the thing is, if you look at the stock market, trends can change on a dime. They can just flip around on their heads and be completely different one day to the next. And sorry, I had to take a drink. But the difference that I believe between one of these fads, these trends, and a movement, which I'm going to use as the term of a defined mission, goal, whatever, that movement and a fad, the only difference is leadership. A figure or a group that binds all of the parts of that fad together and gives it a face or faces for people to rally behind. It's a collective after you create a head. Because you think, if you look at your body, your body is made up of cells. Just more cells than you can count. Those cells are made into collective parts. So your different organs lead certain groups of cells. So your skin is a group of cells made a certain way. And your skin is that formed body of it. The heart, the stomach, the brain, all of it is connected in specific subgroups. But among those subgroups, they're all led by one specific entity, and that's your brain. Your brain is the leader of your body. Without a brain, your body cannot function. It would cease to exist, basically. You wouldn't have a human body. You'd just be a clump of cells. You'd just be cells, and they break down and go their separate ways. It's the same way. The reason we call governments a body of government is because there's that head, that leadership that stems out to all the other cells, to the different forms of government and different entities, as I would call them, and gives it direction. In order to have that collective mindset for groups of people, you need a head a defined leadership position, whether it be a board of directors or a president, a prime minister, any of those terms used for leadership positions, you need that to survive as an organization. Because you can say, oh, we're just a collective, we're decentralized and we can do our own thing. Well, then when a problem arises... And I love to bring up the movie Monty Python's Life of Brian. I think it was the People's Front of Judea or whatever, the Judean People's Front, whatever group he was a part of or he tried to join, they have those meetings where they're a full democracy is what they call it. And they can never come to a definite decision. Or if they do, someone always has to put an ad on. And to avoid anyone being left out, they would add it on. And eventually it became just a circle of people talking and not really getting anything done. And that's what happens if you don't have a specific leadership position. Now, they did have a defined leader, but he was just the guy that would write stuff down. 
it's the same thing in bodies of government and so on and so forth is you need a defined point of contact that is the authority that is the final decision maker because if you don't have that uh, you really can't survive as an organization and I just brought up that movie because it's a comedic example of what some groups try to do in college I had work groups where it's okay we're going to be decentralized we're going to have a meeting with the five of us and we'll just decide on things there and we'll just throw stuff together there at those meetings well you get to the meeting and everyone's just talking about their own thing doing whatever they want there's no leadership position to stop the meeting and say hey let's get back on track and if someone does step forward they're like eh it's fine there's no defined hey I'm leading this we need to stop now and get to work it was more, oh, don't worry, we'll all do our parts, right? Right? And there was no accountability. And you get to two days before the due date, and you realize, oh, no, three of the five people haven't done any of their work and haven't sent anything to the editor to get stuff done. And then we're scrambling for that. They get it to the editor 10 minutes before class starts, and they're like, oh, we didn't have a defined due date. I wasn't sure. Because I still got it in before we had to turn in the paper, right? Well, sometimes just getting it in before it's due isn't the right thing. There's no preparation. There's no double checking. There's no accountability. It's just, well, I tried. And a lot of movements today are that mentality of, well, I tried. And it's sad to see some of them because some of them are great. Some of them are great movements that really could have been something, but because there was no one or nothing to step up and take the reins, the carriage just kind of fell off the road. The wheel, or I should say the wheels fell off the carriage or the train derailed. There was no one driving it. You need someone to conduct a team. But... Yeah, without leadership, the world would be a very, very different place. Anarchy, as great as it would sound, is, oh yeah, we get to do whatever, we make our own rules, we can be free. Well, yeah, except everyone else is free to do what they want. If they want to do something egregious that you really don't want to happen, you can't stop them, right? Because there's no one telling them no. But there's also no one telling you yes. Because that's the other side, is everyone says, well, if there's no leader, no one can tell me no, and I can be happy doing what I want. But there's also no one to tell you yes. There's no one to confirm your lifestyle, your mission, your choice. There's no one to verify. A lot of people these days need validation. They need that someone or something to tell them that they are right. They are doing something good. They are successful. With no form of leadership, no definitive direction to send someone, who's to tell if you're going up or down? You could be thinking you're being so successful and doing this, that, and the other thing right, but you could be going completely backwards. You could be in reverse on the highway and think, yes, this is the right way to do this because no one's telling you otherwise. Now, some people would say, well, that's a crazy example and that's a common sense thing. 
human nature is kind of crazy and doesn't always listen to common sense. And that is why leadership and leaders are so important to the world and to everyday life. I mean, your parents in some form, if you have them, are leaders. They are, they determine how you act. When you are growing up, as your brain develops, the environment around you and the people around you heavily determine how you develop. They heavily determine your attitudes and your mentalities. It's very influenced by your surroundings, by the leadership around you. If you have deadbeat teachers, you're not going to learn as much and you're going to be more resentful of those authority figures later on. If your authority figures or your leaders are absent, you will develop a, I don't want to say independent mindset, but you're going to almost get a, I can do what I want mindset because you've never been told otherwise. It's, It's your world to do what you want with and no one can say different. All these things add up, and that's why leadership is such an important topic because there is so many different ways people are taught leadership as they grow up and so many different ways that they are affected by said leadership. And all of those things add up to who we become as people. Now, I'm not calling to action like, hey, go out tomorrow, find someone, and take charge of them and make them your follower, whatever, whatever. I'm not saying that. And I'm not going to say that because I know a lot of times I say at the end of my episodes, like, hey, if you could just do this, the world might be a better place. I'm not going to say that with today's because leadership, I cannot tell if every single one of you are a good or a bad leader. I can't tell you if you have a good cause. I cannot tell you if people would follow you. So I'm not going to say, hey, go out and try to be a leader because some people honestly are not cut out for it. Some people are much more beneficial as followers, as that support for leaders because leadership doesn't only come. Because remember, leadership is having people follow you. It's being that thing that people are looking up to and using that to springboard their own lifestyle. Whereas following without followers to springboard off of, to push forward with, a leader is nothing. So those followers, in effect, are leading in their own way, but I don't want to use that term because they are following, but it's supporting. If you've ever been to a musical or any type of um, live performance, There is the main cast. There's the leadership roles. The lead is the front role. Then there's the secondary leads and all that. But there's also the ensemble, the supporting cast. And without that supporting cast, without that ensemble, the shows would kind of suck. They would not be enjoyable. And that's the point I want to get to is I don't want to tell you, hey, go out and lead the charge. Go out, find a mission, and get people to follow you towards that mission. I don't want to say that. I want to say today that, hey, you might not have a specific mission that you are strong enough believed in that you would be willing to throw everything on the line to get people to follow you and achieve it, 
But hey, maybe you find someone that you believe in their ideals and follow them. That is just as important as creating your own. Being a follower is not a bad thing. It's actually very important. And that's the thought I want to leave on today is it's not just how do you lead, how to be a leader, what does it mean to lead? It's what does it mean to be a collective, a society? And I don't want to use the collective because that's that's the idea that everyone's the same. But what does it take to be a part of a functioning society, a body? Not everyone needs to be the brain. We need the fingers. We need the toes. We need every other part of it. Heck, we need the belly button. If you can be the best belly button you could ever be, that is all we can ask of you. Because that's an important role. You might say, well, it doesn't really have a function, but it's there. It's holding up a part of that body, and it is active. If you think about it, the belly button is the most important part of the body when you're in while you're forming as a baby. While you're in the womb, everything before you are born, your umbilical cord is your lifeline. That is your belly button. You can be that start of a movement, and you don't have to be the start of it all the way through. You don't have to be that heartbeat of the movement. You can be that initial spark, that um, you can be that belly button that at the beginning, you were the whole support. You were the lifeline getting that mission building. And then once it becomes big enough, you can take that back seat knowing you did well. And that's the idea I want to leave with you today is don't, you don't have to be the brain, the leader. Just be a part of the body. Be a, have a function that contributes to the body and hopefully are successful. That's going to be all for me today as I'm just pulling up to the light that has my gas station at it. So like I said, a little bit under 30 minutes, but not too bad. And I appreciate every single one of you that listens to these. I know on average, there are about four of you right now. But just having those four listening, or those four listens, means the world to me. And I appreciate every single one of you. And maybe one day we'll have more than those four. But for today, I just want to say good night. Thank you for listening. And I hope you learned something today. I hope it sticks with you. And that you can become a part of that body. Thank you once again, and have a wonderful night.